I'm Tyrese Maxey, and you're listening to the 76ers Insiders Podcast. This podcast is part of the 76ers Podcast Network, presented by Stern & Cohen Law. Search 76ers Insiders wherever you get your podcasts. No problem. Have you suffered a work injury? You need a lawyer. Call Stern & Cohen, workers' compensation lawyers, SternCohenLaw.com. The consultation is always free. They will ring the insurance company's bell. Go Sixers. Welcome back to Sixers in 60, or I should say welcome in to this week's Sixers in 60, Tuesday nights on 97.5 The Fanatic. I'm Matt Murphy, typically joined by my co-76ers insider, Lauren Rosen, who's en route to New Orleans for the Sixers next game, but thrilled to be joined by a new face, a new voice this week and let's get this intro down for mr nick stauskis 2014 all-american and big 10 player of the year at the university of michigan the number eight overall nba draft pick by sacramento that year and most importantly a former philadelphia 76er nick welcome to the show thank you i thought you were going to say former process member but i'll take i'll take former 76ers member as well i appreciate it former process 76ers member. Did I miss anything else from your illustrious career? Also known as Sauce Castillo in the streets of Philadelphia. I'll go by that as well. I'm sure the, a lot of the people listening know that story, but for those who don't, what's the background on you being called Sauce Castillo? Because you say you get that to this day here in Philadelphia. Yeah, it was a closed captioning era my rookie year in Sacramento. We were actually playing the Sixers. And I hit a three, and for whatever reason, on the closed captioning, it said Sauce Castillo for three. Um, obviously, I'm playing in the game. I didn't know. I didn't even know that happened. But then a couple games later, we were in Phoenix, and I happened to have a really good game. I think I was like four for four from three or whatever. And on one of those threes in the Phoenix game, it said Sauce Castillo for three again. And then I went on Twitter after the game and. Twitter had decided that that was my my nickname moving forward, Sauce Castillo, and uh, I did not think it was going to stick. But here we are today, 2023, and I mostly get that instead of Nick in the streets of Philadelphia. We've got a great show tonight. Marcus Morris Sr., a conversation with him coming up, and you can catch all of our player interviews throughout the NBA season on the 76ers Insiders podcast Bob Cooney will join in a few minutes as our fanatic basketball insider. But, Nick, you say you you get that to this day, the sauce nickname, and you're back in the area. So for those who don't know, what have you been up to in in recent years? Well, I retired from basketball uh, last season. And uh, at the same time, my daughter was born. And so really for the last year, I've just been navigating and trying to figure out the dad life, what that all looks like. And... um, now I'm just trying to dip my dip my feet into the broadcasting world slash media world and uh, see where that takes me. I love talking. I love talking hoops. But yeah, my wife and I we uh, we just moved to Bryn Mawr, and uh, this is home for us now. And so you know, being able to cover the Sixers and talk about a team that I have uh, such a close relationship with, it means a lot to me, and I, I'm excited for it. Plenty to get into tonight about the twelve and five. Philadelphia 76ers but is your daughter about one just turned one I guess yeah just 14 months now just about what's her name Eviana that's awesome congratulations we call her Evie for short but um yeah she's been she's been such a blessing and uh it's it's changed our lives for sure for the better 
and you're you're in the you're back in the area. But I on Instagram you posted that you aren't ready for the snow, but you're from Mississauga, Ontario, Ontario, Canada, and you went to the University of Michigan. But you posted today that you're just not ready for the snow somehow. You know what? It's it's really weird, but I I hate the cold weather. And you would think being from Toronto, I'd be a little tougher. But man, I've I've become soft over the years. And uh, yeah, the snow this morning caught me off guard. I did not see that coming. That's funny. The last time we were actually both in the in the G League bubble in Orlando, and we were talking about it. And the first thing you mentioned was the warm weather. So you're a big big time warm weather guy. When it comes to this year's Seventy Sixers, up to twelve wins, the big win over the Lakers that we're going to get into with Bob Cooney. And we'll talk in the second segment, possibly with, with Lauren Rosen from the road. Um, but if not, we'll, we'll definitely be hearing from Marcus Morris and a couple of sound bites from Nick Nurse, the head coach of the Sixers as well. But what jumps off the page at you this year with these 76ers? I mean, the, the first thing, the, the two-man game between Joel and Tyrese, when that's clicking... And you can count on those guys to give you 60, 70 points a game. Like, they're going to be so tough to beat. Um, it's, you know, kind of goes to the same thing with, with when the Heat had Le- LeBron and D Wade. And you have those two guys just carrying such an offensive load uh, and producing efficiently. It, you know, the sky's the limit. Uh, and really, it's going to come down to whether their defense is able to, you know, catch up to their offensive capabilities. But right now, they're shooting it well. Uh, the spacing is great. The ball movement has been a lot better this year, I feel like. Um, and, and confidence is up throughout the team, I think. What is the difference between when people say ball movement and player movement? And how can that be different, like, at the NBA level? Mm-hmm. Is that, like, the motion of, of the offense type of thing? Because that's stuff you hear under Nick Nurse. I think it's just, you know, being able to read and react and, you know, never being in a situation where someone's catching it and then holding it for too long. You know, obviously you want to get your times where either Tyrese is going to be in an ISO at the top of the key or sometimes you're going to post Joel and let him go to work and things might slow down a little bit. But other than that, you want to have an offense where if someone doesn't have something, you're moving it, you're swinging it to the next guy, you're cutting and you're keeping the defense honest, you're keeping the defense moving and on their heels. Uh, and I think this team does a good job of that. You know, you see that throughout the roster, guys getting great looks. Uh, DeAnthony Melton has been one in particular that I feel like his stroke has looked super smooth this year. He's shooting with confidence. Um, and that's giving Tyrese and Joel the space. Uh, and it's kind of putting the defense in a tough situation where they have to make decisions. I want to go down memory lane with you later on in the show about Embiid and your history with him as a teammate and Robert Covington is back in Philadelphia as well. But in the immediate with coming off the Lakers and how Joel Embiid is racking up all these assists, he just had his sixth career triple-double. The last one was New Year's Eve against the Thunder last year. He almost had another. He's almost had a bunch already this season, nine assist games. The 11-assist game against the Lakers was a season high. How much of a weapon is that when you're dominant center can get to double digit assists and the way that he's passing so far this year he's he's really figured it out yeah like to me he's just playing with such composure and confidence out there um and for me it's one of those things where i i've seen the growth um you know over the years when i first came in in philly uh him playing his first years of professional basketball he was a dominant talent already uh but he didn't he wasn't really able to think the game through the way he he does now. Now you can see everything is purposeful. It's with intent. 
Um, and he's a smart guy. The way he's able to draw fouls, the way he's able to draw in the defense and kick out to his shooters, uh, he's really mastered the game of basketball in a skillful and intellectual way. So he's one of those guys. It's like you have him on your team, you're always going to have a chance uh, with an MVP caliber player. It was awesome to to see him get the MVP. I know you were at the game where he accepted the trophy last year, and you're a young father. He is now a young father. And how did you feel seeing Arthur Embiid run out on the court to celebrate with his dad? I talked to him after the game. I, I, I saw him in the hallway after that game, and I was you know happy for him, giving him his congratulations. And I was like, man, I would not be able to hold it together. And that scenario receiving not that i would ever receive an mvp award in the national basketball association but having that award be given to you in front of the team that drafted you the team that you've been on for 10 years now you know standing ovation all those emotions and memories running through you and then you have you know your son run up it's i can see why he was overcome with emotions and crying like i would not be able to keep it together either so uh that was definitely a special moment for him and hopefully he gets to the point where he wins it so often that you know he'll just be like yeah this is another year mvp no big deal but that first one oh yeah pretty remarkable that he's statistically having maybe a better year already this year and and a lot of season left the sixers approaching that 20 game point um that some people point to and, and we'll talk more about their season throughout the show matt murphy here with nick stauskas and we, we're joined by another old friend of yours now calling in it's fanatic basketball insider bob cooney joining us on sixers in 60 bob cooney of the john kincaid show weekday 6 a.m to 10 a.m here on 97.5 the fanatic and Bob, thanks for joining us. And I know you guys talked to the Sixers head man this morning, Nick Nurse. And what were your takeaways from that interview and, and just takeaways in general about the Nick Nurse 76ers? Yeah, we did. And it's good to join you guys. Uh, Nick, you're talking about emotions, man. When you had that game against Phoenix, I was covering the team at the time. I had those emotions too, much like <laughs> Joel Embiid watching you do that that night. The emotions were just coming out of me, pouring out of me. Uh, you can stop lying now, Bob. It's all right. I still love you, though. <laughs> I think I wrote a glowing story about you that night, Nick. I, appreci- so, I appreciate all it. Oh, good. Yeah. Uh, but, yeah, we had Nick Nurse on this morning. Uh, I- I'll tell you, he is, and I don't know, Nick, if you've had a chance to sit and talk with him because you've been around so many interesting basketball people. His basketball mind, to me, is really intriguing. I love, I went, I went to practice a couple weeks ago. He and I sat down and talked for about 20 minutes and talking philosophies of his and, and vision of, of what it is. And it, it's really pretty cool. And, and you guys were talking about uh, Murphy West, ball movement, player movement. Yeah, look, the one thing he told me was, look, I, ideally, I want everybody to touch the ball every time down the floor. He said, I know that's not realistic, but that's my ideal thing. He said, I do have one caveat. When Joel Embiid gets the ball, he can do whatever the hell he wants. But I do, I do want to run an offense where everybody is moving, where everybody's touching a ball, where we are finding people. And I'll tell you what, last night you guys saw it. Joel Embiid was 11 assists in three quarters and 30 minutes of play. Now, does it help that they were shooting the lights out like a Nick Stauskas? Yeah, that, that, that does help. But I think you guys see it. There was one, he, he, he does a nice high pick and roll with, with Maxi. And when he doesn't hand it off, Maxi will come off and then shoot down a lane sometimes on a little back door. And Embiid has become so good at that one handed bounce pass in for a lap. He had a great pass last night. Maxi missed a lap because he was held a little bit, but. I just love the way Nick Nurse has this team playing right now, and it's it's a breath of fresh air compared to last year, 
And I think it's a breath of fresh air in that he's getting out of these guys, maybe even a little more than he thought he could. Nick, something that Bob and the John Kincaid show morning crew talked about with coach nurse is the rotation, figuring out rotations early in the NBA season. What is that process like as a player at the beginning of a season when that's being sorted out and guys are fighting for minutes? Yeah, it's interesting because every year is a little different. You come into camp and, you know, most of the time guys got to come in, earn their spot. Um, but then, you know, injuries happen, slumps happen. Um, as games start coming through, you start seeing the numbers of certain lineups playing well together, certain lineups not playing well together. And then if you're a good coach, you kind of adjust and make those tough decisions from there. And, um, you know, it's always tougher decisions the more talent you have because unfortunately there's only five guys that can be on the floor so oftentimes there's going to be people feeling like they're left out or not getting the role they want um you know but i think so far the 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 lineups that they've had this year you know they've been working i know they've been you know tinkering with things a little bit after uh, the trade and you know sometimes batum has been starting sometimes covington's been starting uh and i'm sure throughout the year they'll you know, there'll be injuries and this and that where, you know, things will change. But um, for now, I feel like their lineups have been pretty, you know, pretty solid. Yeah, like the one game Embiid hasn't played so far, Marcus Morris stepped in and started at Minnesota. The result didn't go the way they wanted it to, but he scored 16 points. He follows that up with a good game against the Lakers. And I want to ask Bob Cooney that in, in a moment. But Bob, just generally speaking with the depth on this Sixers team, everyone wasn't quite sure before the, the Harden trade happened what this team would look like. 15 plus games into the season and all of a sudden after the trade they add four pieces and they're a very deep basketball team so how have you felt about their depth yeah it's funny i i hadn't felt real good about it and i i said it on air probably a couple weeks ago i understand the numbers were there you had quantity uh did, did you have quality you know patrick beverly's your energy guy coming off the bench we all love watching patrick beverly but he's 35 years old you bring in like a Robert Covington, are his best, better days behind him? You know, maybe, probably, how are you going to use him in a role? Marcus Morris is the guy that I brought up, and it's funny, I brought it up two weeks ago before he was getting much playing time. And I said, he's a guy I think, he, he intrigues me. And I, I followed his career since he was in high school. So he intrigued. We know what the, Marcus, what the Morris brothers are about. They're tough, they're physical, they're smart, and they're good. Uh, I would have loved to have seen him on this team three, four years ago. And then it comes full circle, and boom, here he is. And I was wondering, how much can he help for how long he's been in the league? I'm still keeping an eye on him, but I put it to Nick Nurse this morning, and I said, are you still, are you still auditioning these guys in the, in the roles of backups? And he said, yeah, but it's almost over. And then he specifically mentioned that Marcus Morris has had a terrific three-game stretch here. So I think he's going to be in the rotation. Obviously, Beverly, obviously, Paul Reed, Covington. Uh, if, if you're getting that energy off the bench, you know, from these older guys and it can continue, then yeah, I, I think it's really good. And I, I, I was anxious to ask Nick this, Nick Batum, I, he seems to be like a glue to this team right now. And I always liked him as a player, liked him when he was in Charlotte, had a friend that covered him when he was in Charlotte that told, told me all about him. He's kind of a little bit of a glue piece, Nick, that I'm seeing with this starting five right now. Yeah, he's he's been one of those guys throughout his career that you I feel like you could really plug him in anywhere and he does a little bit of everything.
But yeah, I mean, th- he looks looks like he's still moving well. Uh, last, you know, hit, hitting shots, he's able to defend. He has length, um, so he's one of those guys that you, you love to see him out there still being productive. But I agree, Marcus Morris is going to be a key component, uh, especially when he's shooting it with such confidence. Like his strokes look really good uh, in the games he's played. So uh, hopefully they can you know continue to give him more opportunity uh, and he can he can bring something to the table. So he- and then real quick, Murph, we haven't even brought up Kelly Oubre. I mean, that might be coming back on Friday night against Boston. I, I, I think it might be a little soon to say that, but he's going to be coming back soon. So you talk about depth. Man, he adds to it also, right? Absolutely. Bob Cooney joining us, Matt Murphy, and Nick Stauskas here on Sixers in 60. And that after practice today, before they left for New Orleans, Nick Nurse did say that he'll Ubre will go on the trip and maybe not play the New Orleans game. But who knows after that? He mentioned that it's a multiple game trip that includes... The, the game in Boston against the Celtics. And Bob, when you covered Nick Stauskas and the 76ers, the NBA in-season tournament did not exist. So I'm curious to get your thoughts on how it has gone, in your opinion, and if there would be anything that you would change about it. I, I, I'm going to be totally honest with you guys because I've said it on the John Kincaid show for a few weeks now. I, I'm anxious to hear what Nick has to say. I wish I was around the team as much as I was before. I, I, I don't. I, I I couldn't care less about it. But I, I really couldn't. I, I I know it's horrible to say, and this is it has nothing. I'm going to watch every Sixers game, whether they have a weird colored court or not, whether you're playing for a, a some kind of a cup or whatever it may be, uh, whether the Lakers and the say the Celtics are playing for the championship on a Saturday night. I'm going to watch that game anyway. I don't care if they're playing for something. I just love NBA basketball. And I, I, I'm anxious for, for Nick to answer this. If you were still playing, Nick, and they throw something like this out there, I, I think I've been around enough teams, enough players, you certainly. I don't know how much get-up-and-go there would be for, for players to be like, oh, yeah, it's an in-tournament game. It's not much difference. You get up for every game the same way, I would assume, Nick. Am I... Am I a little strong on that opinion, or, or no, do you I, agree with me? I, I think you're spot on. I think at the end of the day, the guys like Steph Curry, LeBron, Kevin Durant, Joel, uh, they, you know, it's such a narrative-based league now, and winning an in-season tournament isn't helping anyone's legacy, in my opinion. Uh, at least not yet. Maybe they build this thing up over 10, 15, 20 years to the point where it has meaning to someone's career, you know, you can really show those accolades uh, at the end of someone's retirement and say, oh, yeah, this guy is one of the best ever because he did this in the in-season tournament. But right now, it's it's those guys understand you either win a championship at the end of the year or the season was a bust. And uh, the financial aspect of it, I'm sure for the winning team will be great. I mean, who doesn't want an extra $500,000? I, I was laughing watching Spencer Dinwiddie's interview saying that's going to pay for my Rolls Royce. So, I mean, <laughs> I can tell you this, my, the process Sixers that I was on, not that we would have any business winning that uh, the in-season tournament, but we had so many guys like TJ on non-guaranteed minimum deals right. That that five hundred thousand is damn near their whole their whole year's salary. So uh, guys would be playing their heart out and competing, but I would think that the top teams with the vets and the the guys with the MVP awards, I, I don't think it's going to mean as much to them, even from a financial standpoint, 
so that I mean that, that's just my opinion. Maybe I mean, yeah, and, and the guys like you said, like the TJs back in the day, or if you want to go to guys that are on the end of the bench now, uh, they're not going to have anything to do with the outcome of games anyway. Right? They might want the money, they want it, but they're not having any outcome to do with the game, so they're not incentivized to play better because they're not playing at all anyway. So I I, I think Murph, it's going to be a case of yeah, they're going to have to grow this. I don't want to say in a different way, but like Nick said, maybe it grows over the next few years. But right now, to me, it's kind of a, a, a what is this? You know, kind of a it's just basketball, and and I don't know the different colored courts and jerseys and all that stuff. Maybe some people like them. I just love watching the NBA, and I don't need an in-season tournament to garner more interest out of me. Well, Bob, I think Nick should talk more with TJ McConnell because he might be able to, as a soccer fan persuade you into the value of the NBA Cup trophy because in soccer they're playing for various trophies all the time but who knows maybe in a few years the trophy will mean more I don't know if they'll do anything radical like playoff spots or automatic play-in berths or anything like that but yeah it's been fun to watch if the incentive so is far. that you're right Murph if the incentive is that yeah but also you talk about the soccer there the coolness of that is they're playing teams they never play mm, true you know what I mean so you're having a tournament so all of a sudden you're playing a team from another league that you've never played before to win this tournament. So there's there's the hook there. In the NBA, you're playing teams that you're going to play all year anyway. So how is it much different right now? So I, yeah, that's a good point, Mark. If they make maybe the winnings more important, then maybe it'll be um, you know a little more interesting to people like me. And you can't really bring in the EuroLeague teams because these are just regular season NBA games right now. They're not going to add games to the schedule. Exactly. So. And imagine if, you know, imagine if somebody gets hurt, an NBA star player gets hurt playing a European League team, and it ruins their chances to win the NBA championship. You know, the, I, don't, I don't know how much the players would love that. So, right. yeah, there's a whole bunch of different things that, that probably the NBA will figure out. But right now, I think it's just kind of a eh kind of a thing to me. With that said, I'll, I'll, I'll give the NBA credit because I, I do think that over the last couple of years, the storyline has started to become that the NBA regular season to the average fan has become boring. And come January, February, you know, everyone's coasting and some teams are tanking, uh, you know, guys are resting. And I think the, you got to give credit to the NBA for at least attempting to spice things up in some way uh, because – you know, I think that that's been the narrative from most fans is like, look, I don't I don't want to watch NBA basketball during the regular season because no one's trying, blah, 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 whatever the case may be, which I think is it's true to a certain extent. Over 82 games, you're not going to get the best quality of basketball every night. But, you know, we'll see. We'll see where this in-season tournament goes. I think it might take a couple years to to really get people invested. Good stuff. Here's Thank you. Yep. Thank you, Bob Cooney, joining us on the Comcast Business Hotline. Thanks for spending some time with us on Sixers and 60. Thanks for having me, guys. Have a good show. Thanks again to Bob. Along with Nick Stauskas, I'm Matt Murphy. We'll be back. We'll hear from Marcus Morris Sr. and Nick Nurse on the other side as we move along. This is Sixers and 60 on 97.5 The Fanatic. Welcome back to Sixers and 60. I'm Matt Murphy. Along with Nick Stauskas, our producer tonight is Matt Menarik. So thanks to the other Matt behind the glass. And we have great news for fans of the Sixers and fans of Lauren Rosen, Sixers team reporter, because she joins us from the road on the Comcast Business Hotline and in New Orleans with the Sixers for their next game. So, Lauren, thank you for calling in live. 
Oh my gosh, Matt, Nick, what a pleasure it is to join you guys live. This is actually a fun sort of look into life on the road. I can't, we parked, I came straight upstairs here in New Orleans, uh, was hoping to make this 5.30 call in and sure enough, the basketball god smiled upon Sixers and 60 tonight. Nick, any interesting NBA travel stories on your part? Well, I was going to say, I'm surprised she's not calling in from Bourbon Street, but, you know, it's still <laughs> good enough dedication making it up to your room and, and calling in, you know. So uh, New Orleans is definitely a fun place to visit. Um, you know, I have some some funny stories definitely of my of my fellow teammate TJ McConnell winning a lot of money at the roulette tables at the casino in New Orleans. Definitely some good luck over there. Not as good luck on the basketball court uh for tj uh but you know we'll take a couple of roulette hits nick you've talked about tj as one of your if one of or your favorite teammates uh in philadelphia and robert covington was another one of your teammates and i I mentioned this to you before in the first segment why what do you admire about cov and now that he's back in philadelphia like what made him a, a good teammate to have he was one that, uh, from the moment I got to the team, was just super friendly, was welcoming. Uh, he was just starting out his career, and to see his progression and growth, um, becoming a legitimate, you know, three and D kind of guy, where and then the team rewarded him with the contract extension. Just seeing that all come together for him, uh, it was really fun to watch the growth. Um, and you know, to this day, he's he's someone that I, I still stay close with and. Uh, excited for him to get the second second chance here with the team, and hopefully, uh, the team does a little bit better than the, his first runaround during the process years. He chatted with us for a few minutes on a, a previous show, and and our past interviews and and all interviews can be heard on the Seventy Sixers Insiders podcast feed. We have Marcus Morris Senior coming up, and as you join us, Lauren, Nick, and I were talking about the two man game earlier on between Joel Embiid and Tyrese Maxey. And I know you've got a laundry list of Tyrese Maxey stats, and there's one about three-point shooting that I think would be the place to start when it comes to Tyrese Maxey. Yeah, no doubt about it. So when we were, as we tend to do before these shows, we like to look at where the Sixers as a team, of course, stack up against the rest of the league. Spoiler alert, they're stacking up quite well these days. Uh, but we also like to look at individual performances. And it's a stat that stuck out to me. The Tyrese's were together on Tyrese Maxey's podcast, Maxey on the Mic, last week. But Tyrese Halliburton and Tyrese Maxey, third and fourth in the NBA in total three-pointers made uh, this season thus far. Halliburton edges out Tyrese Maxey by just one three-pointer. Uh, but cool to hear that the two of them also, Matt, are, are good friends and, and obviously two of the brightest young stars in the league right now that, that went head-to-head last week. In Philadelphia, there's more coming, of course, between the two of them this season, but two of the best three-point shooters in the league. You mentioned Tyrese's two-man game with Joel, and that was obviously a top story against the Lakers last night and and feels like it's it's only just now starting to grow. Nick saw the battle of Tyrese's in South Philadelphia as a fan this year when you were there to watch TJ McConnell. You got to see Halliburton and Maxi up close as well. I didn't realize they did the podcast together, and I, I didn't realize that they have a, a relationship because I saw them going back and forth on the court. They were laughing a little bit, talking to each other. 
Um, and but that night in particular that I was there, that was the the second game the Pacers played against the Sixers. The red court. Yeah, yeah, that was the end season. Court. And Halliburton was just he was cooking, and the kind the degree of difficulty on his shots off the dribble, um, it was something it was something remarkable. And you know, I think. You know the, the the game of basketball is in very good hands, you know, especially that draft class. They got a lot of young, got a lot of uh, good young guards coming out of that class, and the Tyrese's are uh, going to be a force to be dealt with in the East uh, for some for some years ahead. Credit where credits due. Sure, it would have been great for the Sixers to win both of those games in the Pacers two games set because one was a tournament game and that vaulted the Pacers to win East Group A of the in season tournament essentially. But credit to Tyrese Halliburton. Maxi played great. Halliburton had 32 assists and zero turnovers in those two games. That's Unreal. just ridiculous. Unreal. And Lauren, I know that um, I think on the podcast, Maxi was saying that his mom was a little critical, not critical, saying that, yeah. why, why are you always smiling with when you're with Tyrese Halliburton? Yeah, it's funny, Nick. Tyrese's mom, Denise Maxi, saw exactly what you saw. He said, she said to Tyrese after the game, like, you guys are so competitive. You guys are going back and forth. Everything is so intense. And then every time I look up and there's a dead ball, you're smiling, you're joking with each other. Like, she was curious, as I am always curious, Nick, from, from, from guys in the league, what it's like to sort of code switch in that way, right? You're, you're so competitive. You're so locked in. And then as soon as you're at the free throw line together, you're like cracking jokes. You're jumping back and forth between this really intense mindset and these friendships that these guys are obviously developing as well. Um, that must have been something cool to experience that, that obviously I never will. Yeah, I mean, it's. I feel like you see it a little bit less come playoff time, but in the regular season, it's inevitable that every night you have, you know, someone on the opposing side you either played AAU basketball with or college basketball with, and there's going to be previous relationships where, you know, besides the competitive nature, you might take a second to, to have a quick laugh. Uh, on whatever's going on that night so um that's yeah, cool that both of them are friends and hopefully uh they can they can duke it out in some some playoff battles in the years to come it seems like everybody has a Tyrese Maxey opinion I mean they're all good things that people are saying about them and we've talked about him and Joel but when it comes to him in particular in in year four what what are your takeaways when you when you watch him play he's not one of your former teammates because he's on the younger side and and really running with this role I remember seeing uh, when he got drafted, seeing something on Instagram and he was, uh, I think it was his pre-draft work. He was working out in LA and um, I remember seeing his schedule. It was kind of like day in the life kind of thing and seeing his commitment to to working out. Like I'm someone who took pride in being in the gym all the time and making this amount of shots and, you know, doing everything I could to, to put myself in a position to succeed. And as a young guy, he he blew me out of the waters with how committed he was and then to fast forward 4 years later and see what it all looks like now and see how comfortable he looks out there the success he's had on the court um you know you you can't help but tip your hat to him and, and applaud him because he's done it the right way and um you know now him and Joel have started to show this chemistry together where you're starting to, I don't want to like say Kobe and Shaq but you're kind of like that's that could be a duo. Those the two of them, if they stay healthy and they're young enough, where that could be a duo that could cause some serious damage. Speaking of Kobe and Shaq and the Lakers, the Sixers one thirty eight ninety four win in their last game. We've got Lauren Rosen joining us. I'm Matt Murphy with Nick Stauskis on Sixers in sixty. We'll talk about that game. We'll hear from Nick Nurse about having Jalen Hurts, the Eagles' star quarterback, 
in the building for that one. But before we get to that, a key player in the win over the Lakers was North Philadelphia's own Marcus Morris Sr., who, Lauren, that was your walk-off interview player because he played so well with four three-pointers. So let's check in with Marcus Morris Sr. This was a few days before the Lakers game, but uh, some Eagles talk in there with Eagles fan Marcus Morris as well. Joined by Marcus Morris Sr., the team is approaching the 20-game mark. You're a 13-year vet. Is that a number that you think can say something about a team? Where, where do you really evaluate where a team is at? The quarter mark, the 20-game mark, is that a good number, you think? Uh, I'm, I'm more so like at the end of the year. I take the first of, first of the January mark and I, you know, evaluate it from there. I think we're playing well. Uh, you know, despite all the changes and things that they've had, and, uh, in and out, and guys being injured, guys having you know certain things going on, I feel like we're in a good spot. And because you're such a veteran, being around someone like Tyrese Maxey, who's in year four, what jumps out to you about him? It's a challenge. I mean, he's up to take the challenge. Uh, the way he's growing every day and running the offense and running the team. You know, you go from having a guy like James Harden running the team and then, you know, all of a sudden the keys is handed to him. So, you know, he's doing a great job accepting that and, getting, and moving forward. How has it been to be back in Philadelphia? I know you spoke a lot about it when you were acquired, but yeah. now that you've been getting settled in with the team, how has it been to be back in the city? It's good, man. It's good. I uh, enjoy watching my, my, my man, seeing my family, um, you know, Obviously, uh, I would want to play more just because I'm home and I'm in front of them. But, you know, it's been good, man. I had Thanksgiving with my mom for the first time in years at her house. So, you know, it was special to me to have my kids and my mom and my family together with them. Um, I enjoyed it. Uh, you know, get to see the people I grew up with. It's always been amazing. But like I said, man, uh, you know, I just want to play a little bit more so I can, you know, show the fans and, you know, show show everybody what Philly really looked like. Matt Murphy with Marcus Morris Sr. here on Sixers in 60. What's it like to play for the home team in Philadelphia at the Wells Fargo Center? It's crazy. It's crazy growing up, you know, always watching the Sixers and being a fan. You know, it's crazy. Like, the first time I walked out there, I just couldn't believe it. You know, it was just it was a difficult, different situation. You know what I mean? Uh, just being in front of, like, looking in the crowd and seeing so many people that I went to school with, grew up with, and, you know, that know it's been, it's been definitely, you know, excited to see you and you know, I'm happy about that. A lot more ticket requests? Man, bro, if I could tell you how many tickets I'd really be getting, you know, you would. I almost bought a suite for the whole season. <laughs> Are you looking forward to being based here during another Philadelphia Eagles playoff run? I hope. I hope we can make a good run, man, because we're doing really good and I'm really proud of the guy. And you were in Boston when they won the Super Bowl? You were playing in Boston? Playing in Boston. So this is much different. Yeah, it's much different. And if they tell you I was in Boston and I was the only person in the city of Boston wearing an Eagle jersey. Well, it worked out that yes, time. So yes, hopefully it again. Man. Thanks, Marcus. Appreciate it, my guy. Nick Stauskas, what do you think about the Sixers, with the help of Marcus Morris Sr., making 22 three-pointers against the Lakers? The team was shooting it with such confidence yesterday. Um, and again, the spacing was just right. Joel and Tyree specifically were keeping the defense honest. Um, and, you know, Marcus came into the game ready to shoot it. I mentioned earlier, DeAnthony Melton was another one. I think it was in that third quarter, just a couple of simple passes where Joel was at the top of the key, swinging it to his left 
and DeAnthony Melton shooting it with confidence, um, you know, those are going to be the keys moving forward. Like, I, I think if Joel and Tyrese are healthy, you know what they're going to bring. But these supporting cast guys, the role players, it's really going to come down to making shots. And, um, you know, if these guys can build the confidence uh, and the chemistry early in the year, you got to hope that that's going to carry on in the playoffs. So, um, you know, so far so good. And, you know, for Marcus in particular, coming back to his hometown, uh, I can't imagine the the kind of love and joy that he's felt from from his family and friends. And I get it. He's probably anxious to to get out there a little bit more, get some more minutes and really show the city what he's all about, uh, because he's been a guy throughout his career that's had a lot of success scoring the ball in a variety of different ways. Um, so I'm sure he'll be able to continue to bring that. Yeah, that was prior to the Lakers game. He played 20 minutes off the bench, but he's often talked about how in his 13-year career he's been a starter mm-hmm. in, in a lot of places, which is understandable. Very efficient, 6 of 8, 4 of 5 from three-point range. Matt Murphy and Nick Stauskas joined by my fellow 76ers insider, Lauren Rosen, live from New Orleans. And that three-point shooting, Lauren, has been a theme with these guards and this team as a whole over the years. They they keep track of each other and who's leading the team in three-pointers, Maxie, Melton, that crew. And this morning at practice, DeAnthony Melton was asked about Robert Covington's knack for getting steals. And he had a little bit of a bone to pick with Covington about that. Yeah, the games within the game, Matt, has, has of course been a big thing throughout my, whatever it's been, seven years in the NBA and existed long before I was here. Uh, I'm sure Nick has stories about that that I'd love to hear. But the games within the game this year, Matt, have, have gotten sort of taken to another level, uh, encouraged, of course, by Nick Nurse and his coaching staff. We talked about it on the first episode of Sixers and 60, but the little things that the staff is tracking that the guys are competing for, uh, if you follow the Sixers on any of their social platforms, you will have probably seen by now the way that the guys uh, celebrate by putting on boxing gear and sunglasses and chains and hats. And there's all these different things that signify, for example, deflections, steals, uh, defensive intensity. They're, they're tracking uh, how quickly everybody's getting back. Um, we've talked about the different types of, of scores that the Sixers coaching staff are giving the Sixers. And like you mentioned this morning, though, uh, DeAnthony Melton poked some, some lighthearted fun at, at Robert Covington, who's a new addition to the team and doing some bad things for DeAnthony's steal and deflection numbers. But DeAnthony, of course, said that, that for the team, that is the best thing that, that could possibly be happening. But this is a team that's really, really fighting defensively, Matt. I think that's something that people have really noticed in terms of differences between recent years and, and this season, the team fighting uh, third in the NBA in loose balls or covered per game. Uh, second in the NBA, this of course, not a defensive stat, but a hustle stat. Uh, second in second or sorry, fifth rather in second chance points per game. So they're trying to do the little things. And uh, Nick, your friend Rob has been a big part of that. DeAnthony Melton has always been a big part of that. Uh, and it's been really cool to see the way that the new Sixers have sort of answered the call right away in terms of these little metrics that the coaching staff is, is tracking. Melton was complimenting Covington saying he just has phenomenal hands and mm-hmm. that combination of Covington and Pat Bev defensively hounding Austin Reeves and other Lakers was, was just out of this world in the last game. 
Yeah, it's something that Cove has done well his whole career. And, you know, we, we used to keep track of deflections uh, when I was on the team here in Philly. And, and Cove was always right at the top of that leaderboard. Uh, and it's a combination of, you know, long arms, uh, but also understanding how to move his feet, how to position his body, how to anticipate certain plays, reading scouting reports. So, uh, you know, I'm glad to hear that this coaching staff is, is rewarding uh, those kinds of things, because obviously you don't want to just put all the focus on the offensive end. As we start to wind down on Sixers and 60, brought up the Eagles with Marcus Morris, and Jalen Hurts was at that Sixers-Lakers game. LeBron and and those people bring the stars out, and Jalen Hurts was sitting courtside. Nick Nurse went over, had a word with him at the game, and I asked him about that. Here's Coach Nurse uh, about Jalen Hurts in attendance. No, it was was good. It was good. I, I asked him how he felt, right? And probably pretty sore after a game like that, right? You know, it takes a few hits. And uh, told him he played really good. <laughs> he played really good. good. Yeah, good, 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 good. In-depth analysis right there, right? You really played good last night. It was fun to watch. Yeah. It's good, though. I got I to gotta spend some time with him at practice earlier in the year, too. So, so I mean, he's big time. That big time clutch performer. Love is... Love is uh, just composure, toughness, clutch, play, like all it's, it's amazing. Coach was asked a follow-up about being able to recognize the, the it factor in athletes. I mean, I, when I talked to him the first time, I, I just had watched, I think, in one of their preseason games. I think we were on the road somewhere. I was watching the preseason game, and... Um, they were talking about uh, his interests away from football, and they said he didn't have any. Like he is just like locked in on being the absolute best he can be. And I remember telling the team about that the other day that I heard that on TV last night about him, and, and um, I talked to him about it too when I saw him later. About it. I heard him say that, and he was like, "Yeah, man, I'm just like I'm trying to just be as as good as I can be, and all you know." physically mentally quarterbacking you know so I, thought, and I think that's what that's what it takes I mean he's obviously reaping the rewards of his mindset keeping the main thing the main thing is something that Jalen Hurts the Eagles quarterback says and it was cool to have him in the building when you were playing is there a game that you remember like a very famous person being at or anything like that Hmm. You know what? We were pretty bad. I don't think any of the famous people were even <laughs> giving us any time of day. Not, not even the road games? Oh, I guess you, you got to be good on the road, too. Maybe when we were in L.A., you'd see Floyd Mayweather or something or something like that. But they sure sure weren't there to, to see us. They were just there to see, you know, Kobe or, or whoever was playing that night. So, um, you know, it's it's a great time for Philly sports, though. You know, all the, it seems like all the teams are, are thriving and doing well, uh, and there's mutual support uh, amongst those teams. So, you know, to see someone like Jalen have such a great performance at home, you know, on Sunday, and then show up the next night and support uh, his fellow his fellow Philly Sixers, uh, you, you love to see it, and hopefully they they can make a run this year. They're looking damn good. And I know your wife is from the area, so has she converted you to be an Eagles fan? Is she a fan, or just from playing here, are you a fan? I mean, her 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 whole family has been like season ticket holders for a long time. So, 
Um, I, they've kind of brought me into to becoming an Eagles fan. I'm from Canada, though. I, I, I'm going to be honest. I didn't know too much about football when I first came to the U.S. You're more a Winnipeg Blue Bombers I fan? CFL. I don't even know much <laughs> about it, but... Um, you know, I was a Michigan football fan. It's where I went to school, but you know, it's fun to root for a team as as good as the Eagles. So I'm I'm all in. You'll catch me catch me walking down the streets with my Eagle shirt on. And now, Lauren, the Sixers go from hosting the Lakers to playing the Pelicans, and you're around the team. What's the vibe as they head into New Orleans and and then Boston on the schedule? Well, Matt, the vibes have been high, and and today actually after practice, I think that the vibes were pretty high. We've talked about this. This team is practicing a ton. Uh, Nick Nurse loves to, to use his time as strategically as possible. So today, for example, even getting into the gym for 45 minutes, but, but re- being really intentional about how they use that time. Uh, Coach talked post-practice about the fact that the extra practices that they put in this week have clearly, uh, they've, they've yielded some wins, but they've also yielded some, some positive vibes and momentum. And of course, the team looking to capitalize on that momentum on this two-game roadie. But Matt, I will tell you what, I'm excited to get out of this phase of playing Boston once a week. That's for sure. (laughs) Well, Lauren Rosen, thank you so much. Nick Stauskas, thank you so much. Flyers hockey is coming up. Sixers and 60 Tuesday nights on 97.5 The Fanatic. Thanks to producer Matt Menarik for Lauren Rosen and Nick Stauskas. I'm Matt Murphy. Thanks so much for listening.